0: Hey Keisha, have you read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, an autobiography of Nike's founder?
1: How can I not read a book that looks so cool? It's a really great book for someone who wants to start his company one day. Absolutely one of my best reads this year. It's one of those few books that you remember throughout your life.
0: Reading it felt like the author is trying to welcome you into a new world. A world full of uncertainty and at the same time enriched with euphoria and excitement.
1: It's like a sea with high tides and low tides. There is no finish line. It's like an infinite loop.
0: It's so exciting reading about the rise of a firm. I guess that's why Nike was named after the goddess of victory.
1: Are all coincidences just coincidences?
0: This got me thinking. First of all, a big shout out to Pushti Bhatia. couldn't have been possible without her. Today, we have on the show an entrepreneur and designer who is in love with human motivations and genuinely wants to improve the way we experience this world.
1: Driven by curiosity, he is one of the most humble people we have met in our lives.
0: A firm believer in the power of design. he's a clear thinker and an optimist who loves challenging problems and imagining new solutions. Previously co-founded Fag That and lead designer Go and Passport, he's worked with global startups from Y Combinator, Antler and more raising over $30 million in two years from an early stage.
1: Featured on Forbes, Vulcan Post, Straight Time, Today, Tech in Asia, Teenage Magazine and more, we are very excited to welcome Felix Lee, the co-founder of ADP List
0: a design organization that lets you connect with mentors worldwide which received the $1.3 million funding from Sequoia in August 2021. Welcome to 9Degrees, Exploring New Angles.
1: Hi Felix, very excited to be able to talk to you. So, how have you been these days and where are you currently staying?
2: Hey Kisha, hey Kirti. Yeah, I am excited to be here this morning. I'm currently based in Singapore right now. Um, really, you know, recently has been great around my country. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of activities going on, but mainly around ADP lists. Um, yeah, and um, you know, Singapore is a beautiful place. During my free time, I go out there, play basketball, uh, exercise. So, it's been pretty healthy lifestyle so far.
1: Uh, what's your favorite team from in basketball?
2: Well, um, I would say it's Lakers um, oh. for some time now. <laughs> yes.
1: Nice, nice. That's great, that's great.
0: That sounds interesting. So, congratulations for 3,000 mentors on ADP List. It's a very big milestone. So, how did this idea of democratizing mentorship come to you?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, um, growing up, um, you know, being in the... Uh, Growing up in a humble family where the idea of like self starting is very much ingrained in the way that I was raised, um, yeah. and as and as part of that, you know, I started my first startup when I was back in school and sold it during my final year uh, about two back two years ago, um, and I actually went uh, daringly out to Indonesia and the US alone. To seek for inspiration and obviously to learn about the world, um, and and but throughout this whole entire journey, you know, the, over the past years, I've always realized that mentorship is such an important aspect of what we do because, like, you know, um, a lot of what I learned, right, um, and I, I and and I have not been to college, right, but a lot of what I've learned um, actually came from people who were much better than I am in the things that they do. So, yeah. so when I when I saw when I saw that, I I knew like you know. Not a lot of people could get access to mentorship like I like I personally would, um, and have as well. Um, and, and and I thought, hey, look, like, what if someone you know in India or in Singapore or wherever could could get access to the best minds in Silicon Valley or around the world, or even if you're in yours, your, if you're in Silicon Valley, you could reach out to someone in India or Singapore, or anywhere around the world. Um, wouldn't that be a bit? Wouldn't that really be be you know really good, right? And and you know, if you kind of look at today's today's world uh, you would realize that you would realize that um, you know mentorship itself is is really expensive and it's really exclusive right so you either have to pay for a very high price or that is very exclusive in a sense because you have to have the right connections right yeah. and so um ADP's idea was spun out from a need to say that hey today's knowledge is in the hands of a few people uh, but we really want to take that from the from that few people and then give it to the rest of the world right and that's exactly what we're doing Um, and you know as Kriti mentioned uh, we have 3,000 of our mentors who are on this mission together today uh, which is you know incredibly heartwarming to see yeah so that is how it all started there was the story behind it
1: yeah that's pretty great for sure so also congratulations for getting funded so you know adplist raised 1.3 million dollars the previous month in august which is a very big thing for sure so what are your plans ahead with this now
2: yeah for sure so you know a year so adp started about you know about a little bit about more than a year ago uh, i would say um and one of the things that i realized about you know adp is obviously that you know um uh, we have had so much great network going on around like you know conversations in the community and and i would say that you know a year after i started adp is i've often thought how could an idea like strangers mentoring each other would work, right? But the truth is that, like, we ADPs as the company, we didn't do most of this. Uh, Our mentors and the broader community created this magic for themselves. Um, They have taught me two things, right? They, people are fundamentally good and that we're 99% the same, right? So they taught me that, right? And um, today, close to 90% of our bookings on ADPs are cross-border, meaning you know, maybe like it, it, you're calling someone that is not in your city or not in your country, um, and we imagine a world where a college kid in India can get access to speak to a mentor in Silicon Valley, uh, right at the comfort of their own home, right, uh, and not having to feel like, oh, I, I can't get access because it's too too expensive, or it's too 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 far out, yeah, um, yeah, and and for us, you know, every mentor's voice is a unique community itself. So, um, the 1.3 million dollars will be. Then used to continue to upgrade the platform, uh, continue you know uh, providing an, an amazing experience for the community to mentor or to get mentor, right? Um, and is uh, to really accelerate this mission to democratize mentorship, right? Uh, expanding to different parts of the world that we weren't uh, previously strong at, for example, like in India or in Southeast Asia. Um, and so we are we are particularly excited about the the ideas of expansion, uh, but most mm-hmm. most importantly. Um, you know, just just increasing the, the capabilities of the platform and the community where people can find more fun and learning.
1: Yeah, that that's great for sure. So uh, one one thing I would like to ask you: so ADP list is non profit, right? So how do you plan on uh, to make profits from it in future?
2: Yeah, uh, ADP list is not a is not a non profit. ADP list is a company is a company. Um, okay. We are just not making any revenue right now. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, obviously, you know one of the things about about uh, about not making revenue is that you know we want to focus our attention on scaling the product instead of just monetizing it. Um, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't uh, monetize in the future. But one thing for sure is that whatever that we have today, where people are already you know like using, will be will still remain free. Um, that's because you know um, we want it to be accessible to people as well, right? Um, but for sure, in the future, definitely we will. We will help to monetize the platform just so that you know uh, it could be a a business that continues to sustain itself Uh, and that's very very important right Uh, the reality is that you you have you the reality is that you have to sustain the platform right Um, and and so yeah um, for for me it's like you know that's that's that is the truth that that we are all faced with and obviously um, we, we want to keep what we have today for free but we will be introducing like maybe some amazing perks that are paid for example like Maybe uh, jobs, referral or something, you know, all these things that are that are more uh, not towards mentorship, but something that helps to support it. Maybe those could be uh, paid just so, as an add-on. Yeah.
1: That's a great idea for sure.
0: Felix, I would like to ask you something you talked about uh, that you had your first startup when you were in school. So, like, would you like to tell us something about it? It was packed that, right?
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, great, great great question. Um, the, the sort of like, how do I say the, the main gist of it, right? The main gist of like, um, of, of the, the previous company that I run was a, a, a travel company. It was just an itinerary planner where people plan their itinerary. Um, and, and that's great, you know, like, like, um, you know, for us, it was like, it was quite a great, um, um, for me, it was quite a great exposure to startups. In fact, that was my first few uh, exposure, um, and, and and what I learned in in that phase of my life, uh, I believe I'm like probably eighteen or nineteen back then. Um, but what I learned from that phase of life is really about you know building 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 products and working with people uh, of different skill sets. I think that's something that you don't get to do daily in school, right? You don't get to collaborate with someone that is entirely out of like your field or whatnot, and and work on something very real. And for me, at 19 years old, I was able to experience that. Uh, a lot of highs, a lot of lows as well. Um, but the highs has taught me to enjoy the moment. Uh, the lows has taught me to be mentally resilient um, through a lot of things. You know, tricky as it is, you know, you know yeah. when things come, when things come, you kind of just say, you know, it is why it is, right? Sometimes you just gotta say it is why it is, right? Um, yeah. And then gotta work hard again. So for me, it's like I've learned a lot about myself as a person. Um, and Staying incredibly sh- uh, resilient mentally, I think that's the most important part about uh, building a startup. Is you know, as as Elon once said, um, you know, building a startup is like walking on acid and chewing on glass at the same time. Right? It sounds a little bit <laughs> great. sounds sounds a little bit pa- painful, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is. You know, every day you are faced with multiple sets of uh, problems to solve. Um, but yeah, yeah. the best the best entrepreneurs um, you know they have a huge huge um, bandwidth for pain right they have a huge bandwidth for pain they can take in a lot of pain um, the more pain you can take in I, I think that the further you can walk in, in this journey
1: I think the drive is what matters to them that yeah. it does not fade out re- re- uh, sooner as compared yeah. to other people that's the most important thing so you know exactly. I read this book as well Shoe Dog by Phil Knight As you mentioned, that uh, startup journey is like with lows and highs. So you can relate it to like, it's a sine wave with uh, deeper lows and even greater highs. So yeah, that's what I found fascinating.
0: That was a good analogy. Anyway, so as a designer yourself, what challenges did you face in your journey and how did this help you in your entrepreneurial journey?
2: Well, you know, as a designer, you're always a problem solver. I, I like to believe that most designers are problem solver um, and you know quite frankly um, as a designer if you are not problem solving then you shouldn't be called a designer right um, yeah. and for me for me it was quite straightforward that you know um, design has taught me a lot in fact I, I helped a couple of design roles and helped some amazing startups around the region and around the world to build some amazing products uh, that are now used by millions of people and For me, you know, um, being able to lead those teams and design those products has been a great privilege. I think one major learnings as a designer to a founder is that, you know, it's the mentality of looking things from a different perspective and and trying to dive deep into a problem. I think that's something that you don't see every day. That's something that you don't really uh that's something that don't you, you don't really see every every day from a lot of people because yeah. as a designer as a designer your job is to find out the the deep end of the problem right research and stuff like that yeah. and for me as a founder like you know i think that has taught me a lot about that uh you know solving problems on a level of understanding but it has also allowed me to you know uh, understand what is it what does a great product looks like feels like you know uh, work, work like as well uh and and that is the best thing about it so um yeah I, I think, think uh, yeah. design
1: has helped you a lot in your entrepreneurial journey because of this approach. Yep,
2: oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, you know, I I I think it has it has uh, certainly allowed me to be creative as well. Um, yeah. And uh, it is it is definitely a skill set that I'm I would say I'm thankful for um, as an entrepreneur as a founder as well. Because if you think about it, there are not a lot of there are not a lot of design founders out there. Uh, yeah. There are there are a lot of tech tech co-founders. There's a lot of like. Um, there's a lot of tech co-founders there's a lot of um, uh, business founders but you know you rarely cannot have a design founder so I'm uh, very Mm -hmm. humbled and I'm very grateful for that
1: I think the number of design founders will definitely increase in the future because design uh, design was at you know the backstage right now and it's now leading with technology it's an emerging
0: field yeah
1: Yeah, for sure so you know it's been almost 1.5 years since you started ADP List so what obstacles did you face while starting out your journey in entrepreneurship and what are your learnings from the same
2: yeah i I think in terms of you know like obstacle wise i would say that you know every day you kind of face a different problem okay you know like i say like i say you know this is an everyday thing Um, but i could tell you that uh, one thing that i realized and i was having a chat with a friend of mine um, is that and he runs a company of about 700 people right and so like yeah, he is a he's a very successful startup founder. And so one thing you we're sharing and you're sharing with me is that like like 90, he, he said that ninety nine percent of your problem would come from people. Right? People related, people related problem. And, and and I agree with him because if you think about it, like like whatever problem that you face, whether whether be design or technical or whatever, like all these things could be soft, Like, you know, all these things could be solved like, you know, if it's technical, right? Like there is yeah. a there is like a way to solve it. But yeah. Like like for people's management, right? Like managing expectations, managing uh, managing results and stuff like that. Oh, these are things where, where you are managing every single day that is changing, you know? Yeah. And so I, I completely agree with him that, that you know, and I'll say the same thing that, you know, almost a lot of my of my learnings and tough moments come from managing people and, and especially with a team that is this big today. Um yeah. you know, it's a little bit hard to even think about like um, uh, what do we eventually want uh, in terms of like, uh, I mean, h- how do we eventually then manage so many people and I'm still learning, right? And and I think that has been the challenge for me so far uh, in terms of like learnings, but I'm glad that I have mentors and advisors as well that uh, help me to personally grow as a person and obviously, um, you know, to really help me understand how do I manage in different situations and different types of people as well. I think that is a very important skill set to learn for any founders or founders who want to
1: yeah. I think managing people is very difficult when compared to other things. Do you think
0: feeling complacent could be a potential downside while leading a startup?
2: Um yes, you know it it, it depends, right? Let's say for example yeah. like like your 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 startup is maybe like like ADP list and is growing globally, you know, it's not just like in one country, but it's globally and people know about you around the world. I think some founders might tend to get a little bit complacent in that sense. Right. Yeah. Um, but at AEP is like one thing that I know for sure is that like, I think we are very very grounded, right? Um, and, you know, I, we are very grounded to the fact that it doesn't matter where we are, how many how much results we produce, we are always trying to drive for better and better and better. Um, yeah. And it's it's almost like an addiction to us that you know we want to make sure that people get the best, and even when they get the best, you know they can get better than the best, right? Um, and mm. and I think that that level of that level of execution is something that you know we constantly pride ourselves on um but yes i think uh, complacency can be an issue if you feel like oh you're already the market leader and you don't have to do anything um and for me it's like you know you have to innovate and disrupt yourself constantly again and again and again and i and i tell my 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 you know the other day i was talking to my interim chief of staff and and as well as our ops lead and i was like hey guys look like I want you to come to me every month and challenge me and you know tell me how can we reinvent ourselves how can we disrupt ourselves again and again right every single month every single three months we have to have that conversation like how do we disrupt ourselves how do we you know um, reinvent ourselves constantly right because you know like you don't want people to do that for you you want to do that yourself right and so yeah um
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's something that I think like, you know, that's the kind of like mentality that I set in a team that, you know, they know that, you know, look, um, we're not, we're not the best yet and we still have so much things to grow. and learn.
1: Yeah, so I'm I am I'm reading a book titled No Rules Rules. It's based on Netflix and their culture of reinvention. So mm-hmm. the, the thing that you mentioned that you reach out to your fellow colleague, so to improve the companies and how to propel it forward. So I mm-hmm. think that's a very good thing because in the, if there is no hierarchy in the company, then any person can talk to anyone and uh, that feedback loop, you know, helps you eventually get the startup to a unicorn for sure. <laughs> so yep. yeah, yeah, I think that, that's a very good thing. So how difficult it is for a startup according to you to get funded?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it depends on the founder. Okay. Um, if, if the founder is like, you know, let's say, for example, uh, today you are you are the founder of, like, uh, Freshworks, right? Freshworks just went to IPO.
1: Yeah, right? y- yesterday um, only in, the, in Nasdaq, right?
2: Yes, yeah. in Nasdaq. And I'm very proud of that because, you know, uh, yeah. Sequoia is an investor and I actually spoke to the CEO of uh, of Freshworks a couple of weeks okay. back. So, um, you know, very humble mm. to see that. I mean, he started yeah. from, from, from really from the bottom, right? And so I think definitely a pride for the country in India as well. Um, uh, but I think, like, uh, back to your question, right? I think the the there is there's a lot of things that um, I think the uh, how you know whether it's hard or not. I think depends on the profile of the founder first of all. Um, yeah. You know, if if this founder, like I say, is like the fresh work founder, then people will tend to trust him a lot more when he do something new, right? Because he has already uh, proven that he has he has the ability to to grow companies, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, versus someone new, right? Someone new, obviously. Like it depends on whether or not they have a concrete and defined plan, um, but I can tell you that um, uh, That is one factor doesn't really this is a factor that doesn't might, might not really uh, uh, You know affect that much, but the main factor is definitely whether this um, Company uh, has built a great product that people love that people use um, And I think that's the most important part because you know as easy as it sounds it's not, it's not right. Like having a product that people love and then use is two entirely different things. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I would say, it's almost like a privilege if you have both, right? Uh, it's a privilege that you do not want to take for granted. Trust me. Um, yeah. And 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 for us at ADP's as well, I, I always tell the team, say, look, like we should not take all this for granted. You know, this is this is what we do. This is like this is our our bread and butter, right? And yeah. so.
0: Mm, yeah. So I
2: think like, you know, investors want to invest in people that build great products at the start, you know, who who obviously uh, knows what they are building and ha- has been loved by a lot of people. Uh, the, the other part is obviously, you know, it depends on what stage of company you're at. Uh, if you're at a later stage, maybe investors will look at revenue, but maybe in the early stage, they just look at the, you know, uh, do how many people use this, you know, how love is it um, and whatnot. So um, it is a much more of a different approach when looking at that. But I would say overall, uh, fundraising recently has has been uh, has been getting better as compared yeah. to um, uh, last time and especially in India right uh, in India uh, you know and because one of our investors what in fact our biggest investor is Sequoia India right yeah. and Ooh. and uh, uh, yeah and and so for me it's like I'm very close to a lot of Indian um, entrepreneurs as well you know they are like my mentor and my advisors uh, and also friend and so um, in many different ways I think India it has, its startup ecosystem is is uh, is is going so fast, and there's a lot of funding. There's really a lot of funding now in India, which is which is great. Um, but yeah. uh, one advice is to obviously think about think about um, who you get your funding from, because you know as as like India is growing and whatnot, um, it's easy for people to give money, but you want people who are strategic, right? So yeah,
1: yeah, that also is very important. Because if Elon Musk is funding your company, <laughs> then it's it will succeed for sure. So yeah, so one exactly. question, one question I had. So th- this was a pre-seed funding, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's great.
0: So are you planning to go public or not? And in either case, why is it so?
2: Well, you know, going public is a very long-term uh, thing, right? Like companies yeah. like Freshworks go public after after ten years, eleven, um, for sure. You know, um, ADP's vision, uh, obviously. You know, like. Our vision is to democratize mentorship, you know. Um, and I always say that today we are like a small city, right? We are a very small city. Um, yeah. But tomorrow, tomorrow we we will be a we will, we will be an educational metropolis, right? Where yeah. where people come here to you know educate themselves for career wise and whatnot. And for me, it's like you know it's very clear that this is gonna be uh, bigger than what it is today. You know, ten years down the road. Um, um, you know, people around the world are going to come to ADP's for their career needs. Um, going to come here to ask for advice, uh, meet people uh, professionally, and and this is where ADP's wants to be in ten years time, and and will be in ten years time. And and obviously by then, then you know we can think about going to public. But for now, that's not something on my mind. Um, yeah. Um, but it is it is definitely uh, every startup founder's sort of like uh, ambition as well. But for me, I'm hasty focused on building a great product, great community. Um, and then the the rest I believe will follow
1: yeah that's that's correct. Right. that's right so you know in case a startup is successful there is no end to it right it's like infinite it goes on for a long time just like google nike apple these are companies that will stay for a very long time so I think uh, you should be patient with all these things I think so you know you have certainly built a great team at ADP List. so what do you generally look for while hiring folks
2: well I think you know I've always been very uh I've always been extremely biased towards hiring for good cultural fit. Okay. You know, like I say, like I say, you you kind of like meet a lot of people, and some of them do things, and some of them just you know, um, uh, but they, they they do great work, but they but they just don't fit in the culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, for example, one of the one of the principles at ADP is in which we 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 constantly pride ourselves on, uh, and we learn this from Facebook is the notion of move fast and break things. Right. Yeah. and and the reason why we, we, do, we say this is because we are small and we, we can afford to move very fast and break a lot of things right like if we break yeah. something we can fix it we can fix it almost immediately right yeah, that's and great. so there's the mantra but you know if you hire someone who is like who, who doesn't share this belief uh, yeah. they are gonna move they are gonna move slow they are, they are gonna you know believe that things are just supposed to be the way it is they're not gonna try to break a lot of things and that's gonna be an issue Um and for me, you know, like I say, I always, always hire and be biased towards cultural fit because the moment you have the right cultural fit, the skill sets and whatnot could come in later. Um, obviously, right, there needs to be at least a decent level of skill sets. But with that said, you know, um, with that said, it is it is an overall um, uh, thing that you're looking at where, you know, like um, you want to hire someone that you can work with very well uh, on, yeah. the, on this level. Uh, and that is the, I would, I would think that is the main thing that I look for as well. Uh, these days, I, I rarely look for people who are like, I don't know, like very high excuses or whatnot, because um, too many times you have, I've seen that, you know, uh, the the wrong culture fit can cause a lot of issues. So for me, it's yeah. like, if I feel like you, you, you can work well with me and have the right culture fit with the team, then sure.
1: Netflix is a great example of this. So what they do is that they aim for a higher talent density at their firm. And that's what has propelled them to such a big company at this stage right now. So... I think
2: it's very good. Yes, I agree.
0: So, as a designer, where do you see the industry heading towards in the future? So, like, are you excited or worried about the same?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, just back to Kisha's point as well. I think Netflix is one of the best culture, by the way, uh, yeah. in terms of in terms of um, producing results, right? Uh, but obviously, they have a very relentless culture of producing results, and you know, some people can define it as good or, or bad, but. Um, at the end of the day, the way I see it is that you know. At the end of the day, like the reality is that a business is a business, right? Okay. You want to come here and have fun and be a family, sure, right? Like if you want to treat everyone like a family, sure, but you know you 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 have to produce the results, right? Yeah. You, you just come. You can't yet, can't come here and then think like it is a, 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 just a place like a holiday camp, right, for you to do work. Okay. So. Yeah. Right. Um. And and your question. What am I excited about for designers in the future and uh, coming in the industry? What do I see? You know, we see a lot of junior designers. A lot of people transitioning into design. Um. Mm-hmm. That is a big thing that we're seeing. Uh. Recently, and uh, there's just way too many people who are like, you know, doing doing the the uh sort of like the entire uh design bootcamp thing. You know, as you guys know. Um, yeah. And, and and I think, you know, that's fine. I think having a lot of people transit is fine. But I think company needs to hire, uh, start hiring juniors as well, giving them a chance. Um, yeah. But I also think that the juniors need to, besides going to boot camp, um, they, they definitely need, need to find themselves alternative to, to do better. In a sense, like, you know, like, look, uh, you, you, you can't just stay at one place uh, forever, right? Uh, yeah, you, you, you can't be... You, 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 you can't be like, you know, saying that, oh, I have a bootcamp certificate. Now I'm I'm going to get a job. Because that's not it. People are looking for real life experiences. And I kind of get it why junior designers don't really get hired out of bootcamp. Because if you think about it, if you're going to pay the same amount for them as someone who might be, might be really good, you know, you might as well do that, right? And so for me, it's like, yes, as much as the company should start giving junior designers a chance, I think the junior designers should also step up and really produce some real results, right? I I mean honestly, yeah. like it can be hard. And I spoke with a lot of companies. It can be hard to hire someone out of bootcamp if they have never produced any results before, right? Yeah. And and the thing is that these these bootcamp students are taught to negotiate their salaries. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. When you are taught, when when you are taught to negotiate your salaries, you when you're taught to negotiate your salaries and not and don't have proper results in real world, then, mm-hmm. then the conversation becomes very hard. You know what I'm saying?
1: The conversation
2: becomes very hard. Yeah, So, this is where I see things to be. Uh, I think in the next few years as well, um, personally for me, I think the next few years, uh, design is going to be a really important frontier, especially when you think about new emerging technologies like cryptos, you know, NFTs and all these different spaces. Um, These are Mm going to be big. Uh, um, And also, you know, using design for good, like, you know, whether it be ADP this in education or is it like sustainability-related you know, uh, related causes, I think those are going to be uh, something that I would think we would see very closely in the next 5 to 10 years as well.
1: I think the transition to Web 3.0 will accelerate a lot of things. So you mentioned that junior designers, right? So I have one point here. So do you think experience becomes irrelevant after a long period of time because the learning curve flattens, you know?
2: I think um, the, the experience will always be relevant, but the years of experience won't be Okay. If you're saying if you're saying experience in terms of years, then that might not matter that much. But experience would matter a lot in a form of like what have you done, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. back to the question is uh is back to the question is like, are you producing, uh results, right? Are you producing results for the company? Are you producing results for your clients, uh previously? Yeah. And these are important questions to ask yourself because people don't hire you for your years of experience. Trust me. Like there are some people that I've hired who don't have much experience, but they they pretty much has produced a lot of results um, from from various companies. And from there, you already know, from there, you already know, like, hey, you know, like these people uh, can actually, they actually uh, sort of like, uh, you know, despite their their years of experience, maybe like just only two to three years, but they have done some really amazing stuff. So means that they are really talented. They are really high drivers as well. So I would say that in terms of experience wise, uh, look, People will need to look for more towards producing results than years of experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that's rightly said. So you know, it is true that when we are just beginning to build something, initially we are very excited about it, but it fades away gradually. So what would you like to say to people who are very interested in running a startup one day?
2: Well, um, sounds like a, it's going to be sound like a cliche advice, but I have to say it. Um, yeah. You know, you have to really have a lot of passion for what you do, um, mm. because you know, back to the point again, it's like every single day, every single Mm. day, it's like, it's like walking on acid and chewing glass. Yeah. Right? (laughs) And also, and also staring into the abyss, right? Staring into the abyss where it's like complete, complete darkness, right?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, And, and and as a founder, you almost sometimes feel like you're doing it alone because your team members are here to work with the company, but they might not understand your position as a founder. And so, um, Mm. a lot of things you have to, a lot of things you have to you know, go through that. I mean, obviously, like, um, you know, most of the most of the people right now are getting paid properly at a startup, so there's not really a lot of like financial risk on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, so but they would not ever understand you your perspective as a founder on things. So, honestly, like, you know, take ADPs for example, right? ADPs. We started this as a side project, right? If we had if we had started this because we felt like the market is big and then you know we needed to make money in the market or whatever, then you know, honestly, this would have been a very different story, right? But we started this from, we started this from our heart, right? We started this from our heart and from a mission to say that we want to get access of mentorship to everyone around the world. And that's all, you know, for, for the first year or so, we were doing it completely for free. We weren't getting paid. We were doing it after our work hours, you know, all of us, the volunteers as well. And when you think about that, you know, um, you know, the way that a company is, get, is started is so, so important as compared to, yeah. like, what, you know, because if you don't have passion for what you are doing, um, then forget it. Honestly, it's, it's, it's really, really tough. Um, yeah. You know, um, there are going to be nights where you, you know, like, if you are if you are going to be in for the money, then,
1: yeah. you know,
2: if you don't see the money, then, then that's going to be an issue, right?
1: I, I read somewhere so, that in yeah. case you want to make money, you should probably go to investment banking or, some other domain finance and not in a startup because a startup is something very different so yes
2: yeah. exactly right a startup is like a delayed gratification kind of thing you know like yeah. one thing that i learned is that like you know for fresh works right yeah um you know freshwork ipo has created over 70 millionaire i believe yeah for um, sure yeah and and 70 over millionaire in india and that means yeah. that there's going to be a lot of more injured investors in india and and in fact majority of those people who became millionaire through the Freshworks IPO they are not even 30 yet right yeah. um, but they were with the company and so you know startup it has a lot of delayed gratification right like yeah, you know sure. uh, uh, you could be here with the company for 10 years and then you eventually become really really well off when the company goes public or exit mm-hmm. right and so yeah. I, I think I think learning to be patient and learning to be learning you know about the whole ecosystem uh it's really important and you know uh Really, just stick to your passion. I think that's the most important yeah. advice that I have. That,
1: that's that's right. I think when someone is joining a startup, what he should care about in the initial days is that equity is more important than the salaries. Because if the startup gets successful, then equity will be much more valuable than the salary he'll be getting. So.
2: Yep, exactly.
1: So this was a really interesting conversation for sure. And now it's time for Rapid Fire. There'll be nine questions and you have to answer each question in 10 seconds. Okay, okay. go ahead. Hey, great.
2: Sounds good. Your favorite tagline. Oh, uh, stay hungry, stay foolish. Which book you would uh, want everyone to read? Which book? Um, I want everyone to read Can't Hurt Me. Oh, by David by David, G- yeah. David Goggins.
1: Yeah, yes. he was in he was in Navy Navy Seals, right? Yes. So choose one, NASA or SpaceX. SpaceX.
0: Which entrepreneur would you want to meet one day?
2: Elon Musk, for sure. Uh,
1: So how would you describe this conversation we had in one line?
2: It's simple, fun and peaceful.
0: If you had 25 hours in a day, where would you want to spend that one extra hour?
2: One extra hour, I would like to spend it in the nature. Somewhere maybe like in the forest or in the woods or in Um, the mountains. That's
0: cute, yeah.
1: Uh, So suppose that you're in the 22nd century. And interplanetary travel is very common. So which planet would you want to go to, assuming every planet now supports life?
2: Wow, uh, I would probably want to explore outside of our Milky Way and see Ooh. see if there's any other planets out there. Because I think our, 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 our solar system is big, but obviously it's not that big. I would like to travel out of our Milky Way to see more things. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's,
0: that's nice. nice. So your best purchase under $100 dollars. That has had a significant
2: impact on your life? $100, they have the most significant impact in my life. Yeah. Um, books, yeah, 100% books.
1: Uh, that's very well said. So, last but not the least, what do you prefer, logic or creativity?
2: Oh, damn, this is hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say both, right? There's only yeah, one. Yeah, you uh, can uh, say both,
1: say but still. What
2: would you prefer was, if you have to prioritize? I would say, I would say creativity.
1: <laughs> that's nice. So thanks a lot for being on the show, Felix. It was really great to talk to you. Hope ADP List becomes a unicorn as soon as possible.
2: Thank you so much. And uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure we, we all walk that mountain together. Yeah, Thank you both. For sure. That's Bye. Great. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thanks a lot for listening. Hope you all had a great time. 9 Degrees, Exploring New Angles. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Do drop us a review and follow us on Instagram at the rate 9degreesofficial. And yeah, do subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Till then, stay tuned. Cheers.